I want to share a thought with you this morning entitled, One One Sixty Eighth is Not Enough. What do I mean by One One Sixty Eighth? Well, if you were here in Sunday school, you have a little bit of an idea of where I'm going with this. Last week, I introduced this new concept uh, to the church in our Sunday school hour. But 168 stands for the hours that we have every week. 168 hours in one week. And the 1168 is not enough is in reference to the time that we spend studying God's Word. And we look at that time primarily during the Sunday school time. On average, on average, the average teenager, the average young person, really the average adult, spends about one to possibly four hours a week in Bible study. But you know, if you take away the introductions, if you take away the greetings, if you take away the, the prayer requests, if you take away the, the, the bantering one back with another in the Sunday school class or even in the service, and, and it all boils down to the actual time that we're in God's Word, really about an hour or two a week is all that we get if all we do is come to church and bring our kids to church. That's not enough. That's not enough to impact the next generation. That's not enough to impact our culture and our society today. We look around and we see our world, the shape that it's in today, and a lot of times we as Christians will point out to the world and say, you know what, it's their fault. Look what they are doing. I pretty much spin it around and point back to the church. And I think a lot of times we as churches in general are not doing our job Maybe we as Christian parents in general are not doing our job of impacting the next generation for Christ and passing on our faith to them. It's not enough. 168 or 1168 is not enough. That's a catchy slogan, is it not? But not enough what? And a lot of times we may think, well, not enough money in our paycheck when we get the paycheck on Friday or bi-weekly or 1st and 15th. I believe it is for military personnel. Is that right? First and fifteenth, you military guys, or or when a lot of times we look at, boy, that's just not enough. And maybe that's true, but there's something more important than money. Maybe we look at our hard drives on our computers, and and boy, I tell you what, I think this one, mine here, has what I have like a hundred and sixty-eight gig hard drive or something like that on here. And when I first got it, I thought, man, that'll be enough. I had a little dialogue box pop up this week. It said low on disk space, and I think I've got like 20 gig or something left. Not enough hard drive space on the laptop. Catchy little slogans, are they not? Not enough hours in a day. Not enough voters to vote. Not enough hours to sleep. Not enough vacation days. Get this one. Not enough gas in the tank. Hello? Can we all <laughs> relate to that? Boy, it's just hard to fill up a vehicle nowadays, is it not? I sit there and cringe every time that meter flips over there and uh, not enough songs on the iPod, not enough good prices in the grocery store. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. But I think more important than all of those things is there is not enough spiritual teaching time in the families today of teaching the Word of God. There's not enough. And we're trying to help you change that in your life and in your family. Here at Victory Church, we're introducing, and our major kickoff is the first Sunday of September, we're introducing what we're calling the D6 philosophy. 
And it stands for Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And we're going to try to build, in the years to come, we're going to try to build these D6 families. To where we have moms and dads and sons and daughters and grandmas and grandpas communicating with their grandkids and their grandchildren. Where we're all together studying the Word of God and we're growing in the Word of God. You know, unfortunately, and here's something I put up for you. Unfortunately, and very sadly, some parents just drop their children off in the Sunday school class. And they leave the entire spiritual learning to the Sunday school teacher that's in the class on that particular Sunday. Matter of fact, very few parents even follow up with what's being taught in our Sunday schools. Very few family or very few parents even have much interaction with the Sunday school teacher. It's almost like a built-in babysitter. Every Sunday morning we drop them off and we take off and do our thing. And how sad it is that we're not involved in the curriculum that our children are being taught. We're not involved in, in the spiritual aspects of our kids. We're, we're not exploring the opportunities to, to reinforce the lessons that they are learning every given Sunday. We're not involved. We drop them off at the church. We send them into the Sunday school. And, and, and fortunately, we do have a, a large majority of our church. At least the parents are staying in an adult Sunday school class. And, and that's good. But too many times we leave the teaching of the Word of God, the spiritual lessons, lessons to the church. And guys, I promise you this. We've got some good Sunday school teachers. And we're trying our best to train them and equip them. And that's one of the reasons we're having this mandatory training seminar for all of our Sunday school teachers here in a, a few weeks. We want you there to help equip you and train you to teach our kids. But it's not enough if we just leave the teaching of the Word of God to the Sunday school teachers or to the preacher on Sunday morning. So how much is enough? How little or how much is too little? Let's look at the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 1 down through verse number 9. I want us to look at this together and look in your sermon notes or in your Bible. I'll have it on the screen for you as well in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 1. The Bible says this is the command, the statutes and ordinance the Lord your God has instructed me to teach you. So that you may follow them in the land you're about to enter and possess. Do this that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life. By keeping all his statutes and commands I am giving you, your son and your grandson, so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly. Because the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Here we find the command in the Word of God what we are to be doing as parents. And here we are to love the Lord our God with all of our mind, with all of our heart, all of our soul and all of our strength. I want you to jot this down if you will please in your notes. These verses imply that the people are to love God in three different manners. Number one, it talks about the heart. We're to love God with all of our heart. That's the seat of our understanding. We're to love God with, with all of our heart, with everything that is within us. And then it says we're to love the Lord our God with our soul, with all of our soul. That's the center of our will, 
Write that down if you will, please. And then we're to love God with all of our strength. And that's the outgoings of energies of our power. In other words, that's the verb there. That's what, we're, what the action is. You see, the first two deal with our attitude. The third one deals with our action and what we actually do. You see, the Word of God and what God is concerned about, He's concerned about the children of Israel being obedient to what He says. But He's also concerned about the kids. The kids of those, the children of those parents that they catch the attitude how they are to love the Lord their God. This chapter, I believe, tells us that these are God's commands to parents. There's some things that we are to be doing. And as we ask the question, is it enough? And we may say, well, yeah, I'm doing part of this. I bring them to Sunday school. I believe God would say that's not enough. We say, well, you know what? I'm bringing them to church and they're even in children's church. I still believe God would say that's not enough. There's some things that we are to be doing if we are to prosper in this life, if we are to be blessed in this life. There's some responsibilities that we are to have as moms and dads in raising up our children so that we can have a D6 family, a Deuteronomy chapter number 6 family. Well, what is it that God wants? Whenever we look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to take note. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. That first of all, God wants us to build godly generations. Write that down if you will, please. He wants us to build godly generations. Look what he's saying in verses 6 down through verse number 9 as we continue reading in that passage of Scripture. He says, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. In your sermon notes, I want you to underline the word your He's saying, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Now, here comes the command. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is God telling us here? He's saying, I want you to build godly generations. He said, I want you to pass down to your children what I have instilled in you. This love that you have for me, this obedience that you have towards me, the commands that I have given to you, I want you to pass down to the next generation. Parents, do you realize that a lot of times we will... We enjoy reading to our kids, do we not? I mean, I remember when our kids were small and, and, and they were in those preschool years. And by the way, those are the most formidable years in a child's life when they're, when they're in those early elementary grades and toddlers. And we used to love to sit down and just read to our kids. And we would even get Bible story books and we would read those Bible story books to our kids. But guys, I want to tell you today that just reading is not enough. There's more that we need to be doing. Our kids need to be catching our attitudes. They need to be, be catching our attributes. They need to be catching our actions. Matter of fact, there's a few questions I want you to ask yourself. I want you to look to your sons and daughters, or at least think about your sons and daughters, or maybe if you're a grandparent here, think about your grandkids for just a moment. And I want you to ask yourself these questions. Do I want my kids one day to love their wife 
or their husband the way that I love and treat my wife or your husband? Do we want our kids to treat their spouses the way that we treat our spouses? Another question I want you to ask is, do I want my kids to have the same ethics, the same morals, the same character that I have? We need to ask the question also, do I want my kids to have the same anger issues that I have? Do I want my kids to treat others the way that I treat other people? Do I want my kids to read God's Word the way that I read God's Word? Do I want my kids, and we can go on and on, do I want my kids to pray like I pray? Do I want my kids to be involved in ministry like I'm involved in ministry? I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Hopefully, we can say yes to all of these. But maybe when we look a little bit deeper, we can say, boy, I want my kids to do a lot better in that area than I do. But the point is, we must get involved in our kids' lives. And here's what I want you to see out of this passage of Scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse number 6, I ask you to underline the word your. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. You know what that implies? That means it's going to have to be part of who you are before you can transfer it to your children. Hello? You're going to be be the one to have to live out your Christian faith. It's got to be part of who you are before you can transfer it to your kids. And then we see in verse number 7, 8, that we're to repeat them to our children. We're to talk about them when we sit in the house and when we walk on the road and when we lie down and when we get up. We're to bind them as a sign on our hand and let them be a symbol on our forehead. You know what this verse of Scripture is saying? That we're to have those teaching moments with our kids about God and His Word and what it teaches and how they are to live their life as they are living life, as we are living life. When we get up in the morning around the breakfast table or when we gather for lunch around the lunch table or when we gather for dinner around the dinner table or as active as most of us are, whenever we're driving down the road in our minivans or in our trucks or cars or SUVs and we have the family there, we're to be interacting with our kids and teaching them the principles of God's Word. That's what it's implying. That's what it's saying, that we're to have those teaching moments As I've already said, many times parents just leave the teaching of the Word of God to the church. I'm here today to tell you that's not enough. We've got to create those moments in our families when we teach our kids and we teach our grandkids what thus saith the Lord. Now, we're going to try to help you do that. We're real excited about the new clear curriculum that we're introducing into our Sunday school class. We're we're real excited about the D6 philosophy that we're going to be introducing to you here and actually today as we're starting to introduce it to you here at Victory. Here's what it is. From our nursery all the way through our elementary grades, all the way into the junior high and the senior high and even into the adult Sunday school hour at 9.30 every Sunday morning. Every single class will be studying the very same lesson. And this morning we were in Luke chapter 13 and and we were talking about the kingdom of God and what it takes to get into the kingdom of God and some other things of that nature. Now we're all going to be studying it at different levels, of course. But here's the neat thing about it. We are helping you. We're helping you to create those teaching moments in your family throughout the week that you can talk about what we've studied today and what we were taught today in Sunday school. I wonder how many, Bob. Maybe don't show your hands. 
But think about this. How many parents go home after church on Sunday? Or possibly even grandparents? And you talk to your kids or your grandkids and you ask them the question, what did you learn today in Sunday school? What was taught today in Sunday school? Now, I don't know if my kids are much different than most of yours, but a lot of times we'll get a, I don't know. <laughs> huh? A lot of times we'll get a, well, I don't know. And I, Well, what book of the Bible were they in? And a lot of times they can give me the book of the Bible. Or what story did they talk about? And sometimes they can give me the story. And, well, what would you take out of that? I don't know. <laughs> hey, you ever been there, done that? I mean, listen, all of our kids are the same. They all pretty much respond that way. And especially when they get into the teenage years, the, the conversation seems to, seems to slow down. And it's almost one answer or one word uh, question or answers to your questions. But here's the cool thing about what we're trying to implement here at Victory. As you come into our adult Sunday school class, you are going to be studying as parents and grandparents the very same lesson that your children are studying in their Sunday school hour. So now when you go home, when you go out to lunch today, this afternoon when you get together as a family, now those teaching moments will be a lot easier to get involved in because you know exactly what they have studied today in Sunday school. And now you can talk about what we have together as a family studied in God's Word. We're going to take it one step further. Not only are we going to teach the same lesson in all the Sunday school classes. And guys, I want you to be here on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for the Sunday school time. That's where our true discipleship and true spiritual growth is going to start taking place as we put the tools and the resources in your hand to go home and create those teaching moments in the family. I want you to be here every Sunday morning at 9.30. But we're going to take it a step further. We're going to take that same theme and that very same lesson and we're going to expound it even more. And we're going to create the moment in our worship service to where I'm going to come right behind what we have studied and we're going to preach right along the same lines so that we have one theme, one lesson, all Sunday long that's in, indoctrinated into our hearts and our minds and our spirits and now we can go home and talk about that with the entire family. And I'm pretty excited about the teaching moments that that will create in your family as we focus and think about one theme that we're talking about. But all of this is talking about how we are going to try to raise up godly generations and we're looking for those teaching moments. And as we said earlier, one one six. 68 is certainly not enough if we're going to build up a godly generation. And we need to be all about impacting the next generation, okay? The second thing I believe we see here in this passage of Scripture is this. Not only does God want us to build godly generations, but He also wants us to build godly homes. Now in verses 10 down through verse number 19, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want you to think about a contrast being made. I want you to think about the contrast of Egypt versus the home that they're going to get in the promised land called Canaan. And that's what God is exploring for them in this passage of Scripture. Look what he says. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, He swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that He would give you a land, get this, with large and beautiful cities, get this, that you did not build... We go a little farther. Houses full of every good thing that you did not fill them with. Wells dug that you did not dig. 
vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant, be careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now it's talking about the blessings that God is going to give them in this new home. Vineyards, wells, houses. They didn't dig, they didn't build, they didn't, they didn't store up things. in. God blessed them with all of that. In contrast to where they were in Egypt, which was out of the place of slavery God brought them, then verse 13, he says, Fear the Lord your God and worship Him and take your oaths in His name and do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God. And may I say today that God's still a jealous God. He doesn't want us worshiping the other gods around us. He certainly and still is a jealous God. He says, otherwise, the Lord your God will become angry with you and wipe you off the face of the earth. And do not test the Lord your God as you tested Him in Massa. Carefully observe the commands of the Lord your God, the decrees, the statutes that He has commanded you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that you may prosper, so that you may enter and possess the good land the Lord your God swore to give your fathers by driving out all your enemies before you as the Lord has said. Here we see this contrast between the houses that they had in Egypt and the homes that they're going to be building in Israel. And there's a whole lot more you could go and unpack that as you go back and look in Exodus chapter 1 and chapter 5 and Deuteronomy chapter number 6, 10 through 12. And, and you see everything's taking place. But what God is saying, listen, I've brought you out of Egypt. I'm taking you to a wonderful land. Do these things that I'm commanding you and you will be blessed. Teach your children about me and you will be blessed. Teach them to walk in the ways that you are walking and they will be blessed. They will have vineyards that they didn't plant. They will have wells that they didn't dig. They will have houses that they didn't build. What is all that implying? All of that is implying the provision of our God and how He will provide for us if we would just serve Him and live for Him. But unfortunately, we're we're losing the next generation. We're not passing along our faith very well. We're not instructing our children in the ways of God. We're not putting the importance in the family and teaching God's Word where it needs to be. Hello? Sometimes we as parents are more involved in our children's secular education than we are their spiritual life. What if? What if? We thought it was just as important to have our children in Sunday school as it was to be in the school on Monday morning. What if we were as concerned about their spiritual development as we are about them learning algebra? What if we would be concerned about our kids growing in the principles of God's Word that we're now interacting with those Sunday school teachers and we're asking them to test our children on a regular basis on their biblical knowledge and where they are in the Word of God? What if we would do some of that stuff? The problem is our kids see that there's no emphasis on the spiritual life. Our kids see by our actions and our words and what we talk about what's really important. Our kids hear us talking about, oh, you've got to get a good education so you can get a good job, so you can make a lot of money, so you can build nice big houses and drive beautiful cars, so you can be somebody. Listen, that's not the most important thing in a child's life. That was a very weak amen. Say amen or oh me, but hang in here with me, will you? 
The most important thing that we can teach our children are the godly principles in the Word of God and teach them to apply those to their life so that God can bless them with a lot of the material things that we even look at today. God wants to bless them with those good things. He'll give them houses that they that He didn't build. It's a gift. I'll give that to you. And I've seen that happen in my life. I wasn't even trying to build a new house. But I believe God blessed me with one. I could tell you, I could take time and tell you that whole story and you'd be amazed at what God's done in my life. But God says, I'll bless you. You serve me. You obey me. You teach your children my ways, my principles. I promise you, I'll take care of you. There's a tremendous contrast. I wonder, are we ready? Are we really ready? To get out of Egypt, so to speak. To get out of our culture, so to speak. To get out of our society, so to speak. And move into these godly D6 homes in the land of Canaan. Where God says, I'm going to bless you. I'll take care of you. You obey me. You teach your children. Let's make an impact on the next generation. And let's build godly homes. Well, I'm excited about how we're going to be able to do that through our D6 homes. And so let's leave Egypt and go to our D6 homes. I want you to watch this short video clip real quick as we talk some about the D6 home. Christians have to recognize that our primary mission field is not overseas. It's domestic. In fact, it's inside our homes. It's our children. The way we've set up church, at least over the last 50 years, is we outsource spiritual training. We have hired the church. As long as we stroke the check to the church, we think they're the hired guns to teach our kids. In my opinion, the role of the parent is to be the first-line youth pastor in their children's life. I mean, I am my kid's youth pastor. Biblically, as well as practically, the responsibility for raising kids up to be spiritual champions belongs to the parents. Whether or not I'm a firefighter, uh, whether or not I'm a school teacher, a librarian, it does not matter. I am also to be my kid's pastor. It's not the role of the local church. It's not the role of the church at large. It's not the role of the government, not the role of the culture, not the role of the media, not the role of the schools. Although, all of those other dimensions are having huge impact and, and influence on our children, they are in many respects the things that are preventing us from raising up spiritual champions because it is a spiritual war. We have found that at most, kids spend anywhere from one to four hours a week at church. And it makes sense because when you really look at pastors, you look at the head pastor, the youth pastor, the children's pastor, they're only with your kids maybe one hour, four hours a week, something like that. By the time you take out all the other, all the other things, you know, walking from the sanctuary to your Sunday school class, hanging out, doing prayer requests, you know, the amount of actual discipleship and Bible teaching you know, from a four-hour time period can really be boiled down to about two hours or less. If we really believe that one hour a week um, is going to shape our kids, guess what? The average kid watches almost 15 hours of Nickelodeon. That's 15 to 1. If spiritual development is very, very important, high priority to, for a mom or dad for their child, one hour a week, is that adequate if we compare it to scholastic terms and say, is one hour in history enough or is one hour in algebra enough? Do they really get enough to really make it through high school? Is one hour in church a week enough to make it through life?
I think that Deuteronomy chapter 6 is the foundational text in the Bible when it comes to parenting. Everything else that the Bible has to say about parenting is found in embryonic form there in Deuteronomy 6. There's the old saying that rules without relationship you know, means disaster or rebellion. And uh, what we see in Deuteronomy 6 is relationship. It's talking about being with your children as they rise, go through the day, as they go to bed. It, it's about shaping and molding them. And that's what I see Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 5 through 7 to be. And the, sh the, the shaping must be done by parents, not just by pastors and youth leaders. That's the paradigm shift we must face today. So to me, it's, it's really a, a mind-shaping passage in the sense that it talks about, here's one of those things that you better not forget. It's seminal to what leading an obedient life means. In Deuteronomy 6, God is really, really clear that passing on these truths to their kids is not something that happens just by being in the same house with them. We need to be active when they rise up, as they go through the day. I've always got to have this on my mind. When I'm talking, when I'm walking, when I'm getting up, when I'm going to bed, I've got to put it on my doorpost, I've got to put it on my wrist, I've got to have it everywhere. This has got to be uppermost in my mind all the time. This isn't just another task on my to-do list. One of the greatest things we can do, and, and it's really tied in with that D6 passage, is to really be there for them in those teachable moments. The problem is, when's that going to take place? Well, it's almost guaranteed it's not going to be at a predictable time. It might mean turning off the radio when we're in the car, removing the earbuds, and creating conversation. It means that you uh, try to have meals together, that you uh, take advantage of car time, that you don't spend as much time looking at screens and, and more time just uh, throwing baseballs or softballs or playing with the kids in the backyard. That's very important because that provides the atmosphere where two things happen. First of all, this love and this bonding takes place, uh, whereas you get to really know your kid and that child gets to know you. And secondly, then within that relationship, you have the chance to share Christ and to share Bible verses and to share scriptural truths and and just at those teachable moments uh, to have the Holy Spirit bring a verse of scripture into your mind that you can pass on to your children in a way that they will remember for a lifetime. Yes, the local church has a role in this, but we've put too much of the burden on the shoulders of the local church to raise spiritual champions. Scripturally, that's the role of the parents. It is the single most important job they will ever have in their life and you better take it seriously because that determines what happens in the future of the world. Well, here at Victory, we are very concerned about the spiritual development of, of our families. And therefore, we are really excited about implementing this new, clear D6 curriculum that we're going to be passing along to, um, to all of our Sunday school teachers and leaders here is the, what I introduced and showed to our adult Sunday school this morning. All of your children or all of your all the Sunday school classes from the nursery all the way up to the adult are going to have a devotion guide that they're going to be having for, for each lesson for each week. Now, it's not just reading the lesson for the week. What's going to be created for all of us is on Monday morning, we've got a small devotion for the, for the parent. This is what you will study. There's little readers. How many enjoy those little, um, uh, it's, 
just, just sitting down and reading with your, your small children when they're young and, and those little readers and you sit down with those little readers and do that. The cool thing about it is we're going to provide that in the curriculum for you to sit down with your children, whatever age, and the little readers. In the nursery age, it's more of a picture book and, and they're being introduced to the biblical stories that are there. And you have something to do every single day with your child and with your family. So Monday, there's a small devotion. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way through, there's a small devotion. Take you 10 or 15 minutes to do this little devotion. But we're trying to put resources in your hand to impact your family and create those teaching moments. And then, of course, on Sunday, there's the lesson for the class as we come in. And the cool thing about this is your children, as well as yourself, will already be prepared for the Sunday school lesson because you've been studying devotions all week long as a family on the biblical lesson and principles that are going to be taught that next Sunday. So we're trying to create those teaching moments so we can put more than just an hour or two a week into our children's lives and into our families. Now we can put multiple hours as together and parents and grandparents, we're taking on our godly roles of raising our children in the ways of the Lord. Let me give you the third thing here I want you to see. God also wants us to give godly answers. That's the last thing I want you to fill in there. He wants us to give godly answers. It says in verse number 20 down through verse number 25 that when your sons ask you in the future. Now get this, God already knows that the kids are going to come and start asking some questions. He says, when your sons ask you in the future, what's the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances which the Lord your God has commanded you. He says, tell him that we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Before our eyes, the Lord inflicted great and devastating signs and wonders on Egypt and on Pharaoh and all of his household. But he brought us from there in order to lead us in and give us the land that he swore to our fathers. In verse number 24, the Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our prosperity always, uh, for our preservation as it is today. Righteousness will be ours if we are careful to follow every one of these commands before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Do you see what's taking place here? The kids were coming and asking, what are all these decrees? What are all these statutes? What's everything that's taking place? And they told them exactly what God did for them by leaving Egypt and coming into this promised land. Guys, I promise you at some point or another, your children are going to ask you some questions. And some of the questions may be more like this. Why do we go to church on Sunday? Or why do we need to go to Sunday school? Or why do we get baptized? Or why does the pastor say that we need to pray and read our Bibles every day? Why can't we just be basically good and still go to heaven? Mom and Dad, how do you know what God wanted you to do for a career? And guys, you know what's taking place? All of these questions, they speak to the value and the importance that God has on our everyday life and everyday decisions, as well as the large ones. Now, your kids are going to come, and they're going to ask you some questions. Why do we do these things? Why do we go to church? Why do we go to Sunday school? Why are we involved in small groups? Why do I need to go to youth? And what they're really asking is, is God really making a difference in all of our families? Is God really going to make a difference in our life? And at that point, we need to be able to give them some godly answers. But a lot of times, unfortunately, we as parents 
cannot give the answers. We can't answer the questions, mainly because we haven't been in God's Word. We're not studying. We don't have quiet time. We're not praying. Hello? It's the role of the mom and dad to teach their children the ways of God. Well, how can we get to the place to where we give godly answers to our children? Write down this little acronym for child and fill in these blanks here and we'll be done. Remember the word child. Listen, if we're going to give godly answers, if we're going to raise and build godly homes, if we're going to build godly generations, then there's some things that we must do with our children. Number one, we must communicate with our child every single day. I mean, we've got to ask questions. We've got to get involved in their life. We've got to know just how their day go. What's going on? Who are your friends? Who are you hanging out with? Where are you going? What happened? I mean, it's not, you're not interrogating them, okay? It's not like you're bringing them in the room and just beating things out of them. You're just trying to communicate. You're trying to get involved in their life. You want to know who their friends are. You want to know where they're going. You want to know what they're doing. Why? Because we're trying to build this relationship stronger between the parent and the child so that we can help them instill godly principles and doctrine into their life. So communicate with your child. And here's what I've learned. You've got to be careful how you ask the questions. If you ask questions in a way that they can give you a one word answer, that's how they're going to answer it. Hello? You've got to be creative in the way you ask the questions. But you must start communicating with your child every single day. The letter H Jot this one down. Stands for help. Help your children with their problems. Listen, they're going to have some problems. They're going to get into some situations. And what they need is a mom and dad that can give them some godly answers and instructions and advice. They're going to have some problems. You and I are going to have problems. And we seek people that has, can give us godly advice and counsel. As a parent, you need to be that person for your child. And therefore, you need to help them through their problems. But the goal is, as your children get older, the goal is to help them start making their own decisions, to help them work through their problems themselves with their own set of, hopefully and prayerfully, biblical principles. The letter I stands for inspire. Inspire your children. Guard your your child's self-image. Build them up. Encourage them. Let them know you support them. Let them know that they can be anything God wants them to be. Let them know they can do it. Build them up. Encourage them. And build up, I believe, their self-image. Give them confidence. Compliment them often. Tell them that you're proud of them. Tell your children that you love them. Give them, give them hugs. Hello? I don't care how old they are. Even my boy, 18 years old, I'll give him a big old hug. But here's what I found out. He's 18 and he literally about put my liver through my stomach the other day when he gave me a big old bear hug there in, in, in the house. Hug your kids. Let them know you love them. Let them know you care about them, okay? I still kiss my son. He's 18. I kiss him right on the cheek. I give him a kiss all the time. I wish he'd shave more. It's kind of nasty. Hello? But I want him to know I love him. He'll never get too big for me to kiss. That's my boy. I love him. I'm proud of him. And that's my daughter back there, Kyle. And I love her. And I, I, I protect her. Okay? Our kids need to know that we love them. That we're there for them. 
So hug on them and lead them and inspire them. And actually the letter L stands for lead. Lead your children. And leads means, lead really means to influence. Influence your children for God. Share your faith with your children. When they get in different situations, look for biblical principles that you could share with your kids on how they're to handle it according to God's Word. Don't just get in the flesh and, and work. Lead them according to God's Word. Lead your children. And then, of course, the letter D stands for dedicate your children to God every year. Now, as we as, as Baptists, we have baby dedication services. And that's no salvation for the child whatsoever. It's really just a commitment from that parent that they're going to raise that child in the ways of the Lord and they're going to do their best to instill godly doctrine and principles and biblical doctrine into their child's life and create a Christian home. It's more of a commitment and a vow that the parents are making more than anything really for the child. But here's what I have discovered. Parents will bring young children when they're infants And they'll make a commitment and they'll dedicate this child to the Lord. And they'll make a commitment they're going to raise that child in the ways of the Lord. And then a lot of times as the child grows and as the parents go through the years of parenting, sometimes we get away from that commitment and that vow that we make. Sometimes as the child grows older, we start relying more on ourselves and our own wisdom or we start letting the child rely more on their personal life and who they are. And maybe we start relying more on the system, the education system of our world today. Or maybe we even let them start relying more on church and the church and letting that the, the church instill in our kids what needs to take place. Listen, it's still the role of mom and dad to raise their child in the ways of the Lord. And maybe, just maybe, you ought to have a little ceremony in your home every single year where you dedicate your family and your children back to God, to the ways of the Lord. But we need to do that. Every single year, we need to do that. We need to keep that fresh in you in our heart and our mind, that we are going to teach our kids the ways of the Lord. Because if we don't do it, who is? If we don't teach our kids, who is? So I want to encourage you today, maybe... Maybe you you just need to recommit your life to Christ today as a parent. Maybe you need to recommit your family to the Lord today. Maybe you just need to rededicate your whole life to God. Maybe you at one time started with a D6 family, but the burdens of life and the jobs and the trials and hardships and different things that we come through, maybe it's driven out our time to study God's Word together. Maybe were you as a parent, as an individual, a mom, Dad, maybe you're not having that one-on-one time with God like you need to be having on a regular basis. Because remember, the first part of Deuteronomy, it starts with you. It's got to be in you before it can be in your children. So I wonder today as we bow our heads and close our eyes and as we think just for a moment about building D6 families, are we doing all that we can for the cause of Christ Are we doing all that we can for our families? Are we looking for those teachable God moments when we can instill in our children the doctrines, the principles of the Word of God? And we're going to help you do that here at Victory through our Sunday School curriculum. And I encourage you to get involved. 
Parents, get your children here for Sunday school. Parents, you need to get here yourself. And we're going to help you create those moments when we can have those teachable times and teaching moments with the Word of God in your family. But then you've got to take it and do your part. Are you praying daily? Are you reading God's Word daily? Are you looking for those God moments? Father, right now we commit this time to you. Lord, I realize this is a very challenging message this morning. Even somewhat convicting to many of us. But God, it's your word. We look around at our world today and our culture. Our society. So far removed from you. God, I pray we would put you in your rightful place in our homes and that we'd make a commitment and a vow today that we're going to build a D6 home we're going to be that mom and dad maybe that grandparent that will instill biblical and godly principles into the hearts and the lives of our kids and we're going to look for those opportunities that we can have be able to share God's word with our children tell them what God's word has to say about their situation God right now I just pray for the individual that you are drawing to yourself that may need to rededicate their life to you today maybe there's a dad here that's not been the spiritual leader in the home like he needs to be maybe there's a mother here that hasn't realize the importance of being a godly mother and a godly Christian influence on her children like she needs to be. Maybe there are some children here that are listening, some teenagers that realize that they haven't been serving you. They haven't been obedient. God, I pray that you'd touch our hearts today. I pray that you'd work in the hearts and lives of every family that's represented here. And God, help us to raise build a D6 family a family that will bring honor and glory to you Father I pray right now you'd forgive us for where we felt you forgive us God cleanse us restore us into a right fellowship with you we invite you into our families Help us to take advantage of those teaching moments with our children. And help us build a godly generation. Help us build godly homes. And help us give godly counsel and answers to our children's questions. God, we need you in order to do that. Lord, maybe there's someone here today that has never received you as their personal Lord and Savior pray that right now that they would open up their heart's door and they'd realize that you love them and God you gave your only son the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for their sins you were buried and you rose again the third day if we will look to you look to the cross and trust the finished work of Calvary and repent of our sins and ask you into our heart and into our life we too can be saved
Maybe there's someone here today that needs to do that. I pray that they'd whisper that prayer right now and invite you into their life. God bless our church. Help us to raise godly families. Help us to raise a church that's build a church that has powerful, strong, godly families that are making an impact in their world for you. Bless those that are making decisions this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. As we have this time of reflection and meditation, any decision that you have made today, will you please take out your connection card? you've rededicated your life or if you've anything you've done for God today whether it be ask him as your personal Lord and Savior recommit your life to him today or just maybe you need prayer for raising a D6 home signify that on your connection cards and drop it in the basket on your way out and we want to pray for you but let's have this time of reflection and meditation